Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. T. Krulos is uh, the author of a book, which not quite 10 years old, but we're talking about it tonight, getting an update on uh, Heroes of the Night. And also he's got other new books out. You can link up to, to all of what he does at coasttocoastam.com. And T, you were just starting to tell me about how you had read the story and you investigated and you found out that in Milwaukee there was a guy who was calling himself uh, Watchman and he was patrolling the streets of Milwaukee as a crime fighter and that's what started you down this road. What was he dressed like? What was his what was his persona really about? Did he kind of just steal that from the graphic novel? Uh, no, not quite. Um, and this is a night that I'll I'll never forget. I'm sure. I contacted him online, and he suggested that we meet up at a city park near my house. So I was at this park at night, walking around, and I saw this very normal-looking car pull up. And this guy got out, and he was wearing a red rubber cowl, and he had red leather gloves and a shirt with his logo on it, and a trench coat, and some combat boots. And it just was really a reality-bending moment where I was like, wow, this is really happening. And he introduced himself, and we walked around the neighborhood for a couple of hours, and you know, I didn't know anything about him. I was like, this guy could be completely insane. This might be a hoax. And I'll yeah, really. Be standing here all night and no one's going to show up. But um, he was very interesting and certainly somewhat quirky. But I really got a lot of what he was saying about wanting to try to make the world a better place. So I had this great conversation with him. And then I think... The really important thing was he sort of put in a good word about me to the rest of the real-life superhero movement or subculture. And um, I started to make some connections. And soon I was talking to people like Razorhawk and Civitron and Zeta Man. And I didn't have a book deal or, you know, I didn't even really know how one goes about writing a book. But I knew I had a good story. So... Every few months, I would take a little time off and I would go to New York City or Seattle or San Diego and meet the real-life superheroes there and go out on patrol with them sometimes and start to, you know, find out what this was all about. Okay. So I love the fact that you went to different cities because I gave you kind of an AB comparison of like who had better superheroes, real life superheroes, <laughs> yeah. right? So which city had the best real life superheroes? Um, you know, I have some hometown pride. I, I really like the, the guys <laughs> I met from Milwaukee. Watchmen started to develop this team of new real life superheroes here. And because I live here, I got to hang out with them quite a bit. So I think I have some some bias there. But uh, definitely the most action-packed city I discovered was Seattle. Uh, There's a real-life superhero there named Phoenix Jones. And he led a team called the Rain City Superhero Movement. So I actually went out there to go on patrol with him, and I had one of the most frightening nights of my life, which was 
we saw a group of people fighting in the middle of the streets. And Phoenix Jones ran into the middle of them, and he, he pepper sprayed everyone. And then there was this scene of just total chaos. People were running around screaming. Uh, someone was half blind with pepper spray and tried to drive their car away, and they sort of hit someone on their side. Ugh. And uh, not a person, but it hit another car. Uh, no, hit a person in their arm as they were driving. Oh no! Away. So not, not a bad injury. But, Ouch! Uh, these guys, it turned out, were Russians that were fighting, and um, they ran towards us, and Phoenix Jones pepper sprayed them again. And they were pretty angry about that. I ended up yeah. punched in the face that night Ow. by an angry pepper spray Russian. Russian. <laughs> uh, they tried to run us over with an SUV at one point, and I was very frightened and thought that someone might die that evening. So, who were they? Who were they fighting? Who were the Russians fighting at the time? Were they just fighting each other? Each other. They just left the bar, so I think you know they were probably bumping chests and uh but they were throwing each other around and there was a guy kicking another guy in the rib so it was a pretty serious fight yeah but i mean it's between like like i'm I'm just gonna and this wouldn't be my superhero uh devil's advocate but that's kind of an interesting superhero name um it, but if i were to play devil's advocate i would say what was gained by pepper spraying a bunch of mad russians who then ended up maybe causing more problem and more pain than they would have had they just been allowed to finish out their fight, you know, on their own devices. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the problem with real-life superheroics is it's not like the comic books at all. It's, um, I think he had good intentions that he maybe wanted to prevent these guys from seriously harming each other, but it ended up that the situation became a lot worse than it yeah. was. Because, and that's so, not even like a superhero weapon, right? I mean, that's a very no. unsuperhero weapon. Pepper spray, like anybody. Like, like my mom has pepper spray. <laughs> so what? We, we we started the evening off, by the way. He had a, a duffel bag that was filled with weapons. He had, you know, this kind of pepper spray that looked like it was a mini fire extinguisher. It was a very big bottle of pepper spray. And um, he had some zip ties in case he needed to put someone under citizen's arrest and like a collapsible baton and stuff like that. Well, that's kind of a thin line between super, you know, hero and super villain at that point. If he's going around pepper spray people who were coming out, you know, who bumping chest, whatever, they, they weren't attacking anybody innocent. I mean, and I mean, and, if that's his weapon of choice, you know, he shouldn't it be like Dr. Pepper or something. Shouldn't that be like his, uh, his, his moniker? But, but I mean, what, what was, as you looked at it and you saw him and you think, well, that that's great. But what did the local police think of that? Didn't he in the commit a crime? Oh yeah. They arrested him that night. Oh, okay. They did. Okay. Cause that's assault. Yeah. Yes, I saw the police sirens, and I, you know, never thought I would be glad to see police sirens. But oh, interesting. Um, they at least they intervened, and and they were familiar with him, and they were not happy to see him. And yeah, they he went to jail that night. Okay, so that he's in Seattle, 
and he led a group of people there. He was sort of the, was he kind of the alpha of that particular real life superhero group? Oh, oh yeah, definitely. Okay. Who else was in that pod? Do you remember? Um, Out that night with us was Ghost. Um, For a while, his significant other, Purple Rain, was part of the group. Okay. And uh, there's some other members, Buster Jones, I remember. Um, And there was a few others. There was sort of a a split. Some of his crew um, stopped working with him and started their own team in Seattle. Okay. So for a while, there was a couple, I wouldn't say they were rival teams, but they were separate teams. I would imagine that somewhere between when they were first, you know, cutting up fabric and sewing things together and when they put their head on the pillow that night, they were imagining that at the end of a of a night's service, they would end up getting like keys to the city and they would be patted on the back by the mayor or something. But has any of them have any of them actually stopped any real life crime from happening that then they were applauded for? Um, I believe that happened in San Diego. There were uh, some superheroes there that were doing more like a costume neighborhood watch. I would say it's a little bit tamer version. And they actually like spoke to the mayor and stuff like that. Uh, Phoenix Jones, I should know. I mean, he, he did has done some good things in Seattle in the past. He, has stopped like some car break-ins, okay. which were on on uh, video. He's done some charity events, which is good. Great, you know. I think yeah. that's the way that being a real life superhero can be effective. If you want to do that, like do a cool charity event that's superhero themed or something like that, because right. those usually work out a lot better than trying to mitigate a, a street fight or to confront right. a drug dealer. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, and and I mean, in their pursuit of justice, um, I would imagine a lot of it is really about the camaraderie of it. Right. Is driving around and, you know, being together and talking about life and their day jobs. And that's a good it's kind of a fun activity, maybe a little bit like the next level kind of, you know, uh, role playing that you would see at a Comic-Con or something. Um, what are their, some of their day jobs, by the way? Oh, it's a full range. That's one thing I found very fascinating about this subculture or movement. It really does range uh, quite a bit from economic backgrounds uh, to race and religious and political views. So, uh, I mean, the last few years have been very divisive, of course, but um, a lot of them put aside their differences and work together on stuff because, like you say, they really love the camaraderie. Uh, They still do a couple of annual events that are called Hope, and one usually takes place in San Diego and one takes place in Chicago. And they all get together and they travel from all over the country and they hand out supplies to homeless people and do charity events. And then they just, yeah, they, they hang out and they talk shop and talk about the superhero life. So it is a a social thing and you're right. It is very similar to like cosplaying at comic conventions, but it has a more, I would say 
humanitarian angle to it. It's aspirational. Yes. Right? I mean, they're kind of hoping that something would happen. But you almost kind of have to have, you know, if the if breakable is any way to measure this, in order for you to ever be a successful superhero, you have to have an equal level supervillain that you're fighting against. Right? Yep. So... Um, is there a super villain movement out there too that's that they're chasing around at night in their in their their old you know family trucksters around town well actually there is it's uh what i call (laughs) a sub subculture or an anti-movement and it's people that call themselves real life super villains they don't actually do crimes or villainous activities but most of them are pretty much costumed internet trolls. Okay. So they will make videos in which they diss the real-life superheroes and make fun of them. Or, you know, they'll have a blog where they, they talk about how much superheroes <laughs> suck and stuff like they'll, that. They'll have a bake sale. <laughs> they'll have a... <laughs> doesn't sound very exactly. super villainous. <laughs> They have a blog. Okay. <laughs> Again, my mother has a blog and and pepper spray. So I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> she be a real-life supervillain. I guess so. Well, she hasn't made up her mind which one. So, uh, it, it, but that that's interesting. So what are some of the names of the supervillains that are up against the real-life superheroes? Oh, uh, one of my favorites was Lord Malignus. <laughs> And um, he would have these short YouTube videos, and he uh, would start every video the same way. He would say, I am Lord Malignus, and you may crouch before me. And then he would go into some, you know, issue that he had with a particular real-life superhero. Um, Some of the other ones uh, that I talked to and interviewed for the book, Agent Beryllium, Malvado, um, I'm trying to think who else. The Golden Dawn was a cool guy. How many of these people live in? The, and I'm. This is going to sound really mean. So, but uh, but I I really kind of am curious. How many of these people live in their mom's basements? <laughs> well, and I I, mean, I, I say that in the true. sense of like, how could you be married? You know, and then like go out, honey. What time are you going to be back? Oh, I'm going to be patrolling the streets for five hours. I should be back, but. <laughs> Well, there are some that are definitely like that. Um, There's kind of this stereotype that, oh, these guys must live in mom and dad's basement and they're they're nerdy white guys. Yeah. And and some of them fit that for sure. But, you know, I was very surprised. I met some that do not fit that stereotype at all. Really? And Yeah, they're not uh, necessarily even huge comic book geeks, all of them. Um, They're just attracted to this sort of, adrenaline-filled idea. So, you know, like one person I met was Miss Fit, who is oh. a Puerto Rican bodybuilder. Okay, she wins. She's, yeah, she's tough. <laughs> yeah. And, um, she mostly does charity events, but I was just really glad to see that it there was more to it than you would think at first. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.